We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on podcast services around the world, we are here to talk about two potential Giants players that might be made available as a result of the you know cap situation and new management the Giants are under. So I wanted to talk about both of these players because one of them made a particularly big uh, impact on Chargers Twitter recently. And the other one, I think, is an interesting option that the Chargers may be able to pursue at some point down the road. So let's talk about both of these guys. Uh, I am, of course, talking about Saquon Barkley, the running back who kind of made a storm on Chargers Twitter this week. And I'm also talking about cornerback James Bradbury, who might be a potential cut or trade target for the Giants. But let's get into both of these guys. And I want to first start off with why is this all happening, right? Why are the Giants potentially selling all this talent um, and, and potentially looking to make trades and you know, having a former number two overall pick like Barkley on the table? And uh, I would read this paragraph over here. New York is currently projected to be $12 million over the salary cap in 2022, a major issue for GM Joe Shane. Given how the, te- uh, given how the team has struggled with that roster, he doesn't sound afraid to make a big splash uh, in order to reshape the team even if it involves dealing a popular player like Barkley. Shane also followed up his comments by saying, we're still working through that, but I'm open to everything. Like whether it's trading player for player, I'll listen to everybody. If it's trading a couple players, I'm not going to say the entire roster. We're open for business on the entire roster. But if anyone is going to call and they're interested in any of our players, I'm certainly going to listen. Um, So those those are certainly some quotes that tell you that uh, Joe Shane and the Giants power structure in general is willing to fire sale if they have to to kind of, you know, jumpstart this rebuild after the David Gettleman era. And then there's the Giants beat reporter uh, from The Athletic, Dan Duggan. Uh, He said, surveying sources in Indy, Indy referring to the Combine, not the Colts, but uh, he was saying surveying sources in Indy, the consensus trade value for James Bradbury is a third round pick and Saquon Barkley is a fourth round pick. I'm skeptical that the Giants will pull the trigger on a Saquon trade, right? Uh, so I think that kind of shows you where those players are, are valued around the league. If, you know, the Giants really want to make those trades or if they can make those trades. So, uh, let's talk about those, both of these players, contract situations. Of course, we'll start with running back Saquon Barkley. 
Uh, he is on his fifth year option, the last year of his contract, basically due 7.2 million uh, in terms of his cap hit, which is his biggest. Uh, uh, I think that's his like biggest base salary, but uh, it's somewhere in the middle in terms of his like contractual cap hits. Uh, and so that's his fifth year option. This is pretty much his last chance to kind of like get that contract extension from the Giants uh, or, you know, have a breakout year as a member uh, of the team following that 2020 ACL injury. This will be his second year removed from that ACL injury. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, put up or shut up, do or die time, whatever way you want to put it for Saquon in terms of his Giants tenure, especially given the fact that there's new management there that now didn't draft Saquon uh, originally. So I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with him as well as if he bounces back. But I think it's pretty unlikely that the Giants actually trade Saquon Barkley, um, despite Keenan Allen's wishes, who of course tweeted the world-famous eye emoji when there is a when there is a free agent or a trade acquisition to potentially get for a team. Players like to players like to mess around. I like to mess around with the eye emoji on Twitter too, because I think it's fun. Uh, but I, I, despite Keenan Allen's wishes, I do not think Saquon Barkley actually gets traded, nor do I think it makes a lot of sense for the Chargers, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but he, you know, is due 7.2 million, not huge against the cap and the Giants don't really save any money by getting rid of him. It would just be that 7.2 million, which doesn't even make up the 12 million that they need to get rid of to get under the cap. On the other hand, Cornerback James Bradbury uh, is a bit of an interesting cut candidate for them. I know the Giants were saying they're looking for a third round pick to potentially deal James Bradbury. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to happen. Um, and there, you look at these two numbers as pretty big reasons why that's not going to happen. James Bradbury's cap hit is $21.9 million this year. His dead cap is $9.8. So why, if I'm Tom Telesco or any GM really, Am I going to pay the Giants a day two pick to absorb a $21.9 million cap hit to have first dibs on that cap hit? Uh, and also, you know, I can get him for not free, but I can get him for a much better contract literally a week from now after they cut him, right? This is also sort of the same thing with the Amari Cooper situation in Dallas. There's not going to be a team that trades for Amari Cooper when you know that for a value of between 10 and 16 million, uh, you know, that that's the money the team's going to save, whether we're talking about the Giants who are going to save 12 million by cutting James Bradbury, or we're talking about the Cowboys who are going to save 16 million by cutting Amari Cooper, right? Uh, and so that's going to be the, the problem here for any any real trade involving Bradbury. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I think that the Giants just kind of have to eat their losses there uh, and, and cut them. Uh, and they end up saving money by getting $12 million back, which, as we just talked about, by being $12 million over the cap, James Bradbury alone gets you back to the break-even point uh, in terms of the cap uh, situation right now. So, you know, it's kind of like the Chargers can't trade Brian Balaga. They just have to cut him because no team is absorbing an $11, $12 million cap hit when they ultimately know that they can get him for much cheaper. And, you know, they're not willing to spend a pick to help you make your cap situation better. Uh, you know, and that's just the reality, I think, with trades and cuts around the NFL when it comes to uh, numbers like uh, Bradbury or Cooper or Blaga, for example. Um, so those are both of those players contract situations. I do want to start with Saquon Barkley because this kind of became a thing on Twitter after Keenan Allen tweeted the I emoji and Chargers fans were debating whether or not the team kind of should sign him. Of course, Steven, 
is the most liked reply on this tweet, where he just said, plus no, uh, which is why we let Steven run the account. Uh, I'm not allowed to run the account because that's giving the monkey the machine gun a little bit there. Uh, but I think that generally kind of summarized Chargers fans' uh, appealings on it. Of course, there are some that are maybe Saquon fans and are, are conflicted on it. But uh, yeah, Saquon's in a real interesting position coming back from his uh, ACL injury, obviously. And I, I want to talk about his uh, profile a little bit more in detail uh, as for, you know, why he could potentially, uh, you know, be a player that a team might trade for or go after. Of course, he's in the final year of his deal, but I want to start with his rookie season. Uh, his rookie season is, of course, when he broke out uh, and, you know, really catapulted himself into being in that top five, top 10 running back in the league kind of group. He was number one in yards created in the league, um, which was, you know, is just insane for a rookie player uh, of his caliber, right? In terms of breakaway run rate, he had 6.9%. Breakaway runs are described as runs that are go for 15 or more yards. Breakaway runs total, he was number three in the league amongst running backs that year. Um, and you can just see that Saquon was a beast his rookie season, right? If you want to look at another stat like uh, elusiveness, I think that's also a stat that shows you how dominant he was in that rookie season, he had the 67.4 elusiveness rating. Elusiveness, of course, is a uh, metric that describes how evasive a player is and how slippery they are, independent of their blocking and how you know how much they're able to get downfield, independent of their blocking. And you just saw that Saquon was one of the best running backs in the league in that regard. Of course, now he's had these injuries and it, it's just really eaten into his production, as we see over here, right? Had two 1,000-yard seasons, has that ACL injury. Last year, had 162 rush attempts, 3.7 yards per carry, 593 rush yards total. Of course, Saquon's not in a great situation, given, you know, the Giants' offensive line and Daniel Jones and Joe Judge being the head coach, right? Um, it was just a disaster season last year, but... I think you've just seen that Saquon has taken a dip in a lot of these key categories we're talking about. So we just looked at his 2018 stats in his rookie season where he was super explosive. And now let's look at his 2021 stats because the numbers are not good. Uh, breakaway run rate went down 3.8% from his rookie year. He's 44th in the league in terms of breakaway run rate. Uh, breakaway runs five total compared to 18 from his rookie year. So he just had five 15-yard rushes. That's good enough for 39th in the league um, compared to third, which we just talked about from his rookie year. And in terms of yards created, uh, you know, his efficiency dropped all around the world from his rookie year. Um, EPA, you know, is a stat that Arjun talks a lot about. He was 151st in the league in terms of EPA. Um, and he, he's really just fallen off a cliff, unfortunately, is the reality for him. And elusiveness kind of shows that he's dropped off between the tackles as well, because as much as I just said, he was great his rookie year in terms of being an elusive, powerful, fast runner. Um, he has dropped 30 plus points in terms of his elusiveness rating from his rookie year to now. Uh, and that is something to be concerned about. Now, of course, this is to all say like Saquon can theoretically get better, right? Of course, he's a, another year removed from that ACL injury. He's still 25, 26, but it's a lot to ask for, you know, a fourth round, maybe a third round pick for someone to take on Saquon on a one-year deal 
and try to basically bet that like we're going to rebuild his value and he'll become an RB1 or RB2 for us. I think that's a lot to bet on given the recent history of Saquon. Of course, not in the greatest situation in New York, but one of the reasons I'm out on him is just because I think his value has has plummeted. Not, you know, of course for his contract's not bad, but in terms of what he can actually bring a team, I don't think there's really any chance that Saquon provides much value for the Chargers who are in win now mode. Right. Of course, there are other teams that can trade for Saquon and like figure out what he is if they're not like contending this year. But the Chargers have to contend. And I think they have to find someone who can give them reliable production. Saquon just isn't that guy right now in reality. Um, Unfortunately, never was the sharpest in between the tackles, but his athleticism has dropped off so much that I, I don't know if he can get it back. And that'll be the test for the Giants this year. But it's one of the reasons that I would be completely out on trading a high day two, day three pick for, you know, a running back on a one-year deal who has had a lot of injuries over his tenure. But I do think James Bradbury is a little bit more of an interesting situation. Uh, Of course, we just talked about James Bradbury's contract and how a team can basically save $12 million or how the Giants can save $12 million by cutting him. He's going to get cut. uh, And, you know, he can be signed to a pretty reasonable contract. The Chargers need to be bolstering their quarterback room whether that's the draft free agency both really uh when you talk about chris harris leaving and michael davis and asante samuel jr really being the only starting cornerbacks in 2022 currently on the roster so they definitely need to bolster the depth there um and bradbury's had a pretty effective tenure in new york of course has never lived up to that contract but his war has always been decently above average kind of hit a high in 2020 with his like sort of breakout season, if you will, with the Giants uh, dipped a little bit this season in terms of war, just because the Giants are bad in general. But overall, his war has been, you know, average to above average for his career. War is, of course, wins above replacement. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm I think that he adds a lot to a quarterback group if you if you kind of add him for a reasonable price. And he had a decent season this year and a better season in 2020. Um, but all things considered pretty solid corner that you could get for relatively cheap value. I don't know if he would take like a one year, two year kind of deal. His real issue is kind of run defending and tackling. But I think if you stick him on the outside, that's not something you have to worry about too much with him. Um, Michael Davis has become a bit of a better tackler during his time here. Sante Samuel Jr. is a very good tackler. And of course, the, the elephant of the room is, of course, Derwin James on the defense, right? So I think he kind of mitigates that problem. The Giants also had terrible secondary talent around Bradbury most of the time. Uh, And so that kind of created a lot of pressure for him. But ultimately, uh, I think you have someone who's a very solid in coverage corner and at least provides you a year, maybe two years of pretty good starting level cornerback play while the Chargers try to figure out the long term of their cornerback situation. Um, as far as what his market value is, I'm actually not too sure what it would be. I, you know, uh, I, I think if you look at his market value right now, it's decently high, you know, like it's a 10 to $12 million average salary, but he's also probably not going to get like a lot of years when he's cut. Um, I think that he would probably get something like a three year, $30 million deal, two years, 24, but ultimately something that's a pretty reasonable contract compared to what he got from the Giants, which was three years, 45 million. Um, And that contract was always an overpay, but I think, you know, it was just revealed to be a really big overpay when he was playing good. 
but not to the level they expected. And it's just very obvious he's going to end up being a cut candidate given the financial situation the Giants are in. Uh, but that's kind of all I got on Saquon Barkley and James Bradbury. Of course, I am kind of out on Saquon Barkley as a whole. I, I don't think there's much the Chargers could do there. I think they have to go through the draft or free agency if they want to find some RB2 production. Cornell Patterson's there. Um, there's a lot of reliable RB2s that the Chargers could potentially get for Austin Eckler. I just don't think trading Saquon is, is the move or trading for Saquon is the move there at all. James Bradbury, I think, is a very interesting cut candidate, but let me know what you guys would do in the comments down below. Would you trade for Saquon? Would you trade for Bradbury? Would you see either of them, particularly Bradbury, as a cut candidate for the Chargers? Let me know in the comments down below, and I will see you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.